The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Saturday, April 11th, Easter weekend. The FujiCast. Yes, welcome to the FujiCast, which while lockdown is ongoing, has become daily from the usual every Monday episode that we that we put out. It's been a way, really, for the photographic community of whatever standard, of whatever genre to connect. And whilst, of course, we do talk Fujifilm, inevitably because of the title and because I'm personally blessed to have Kevin Mullins co-present with me during the week, a long-standing ambassador for the brand and one of their most trusted ex-photographers, as they're called. You'll forgive me for pointing out that the, that the ambassadors are called ex-photographers. Some people know, of course, here already. With a big X for X-series, not X as in former, now no longer back to the day job because I've noted of late we've been joined by yet more folk who don't shoot Fujifilm. Not yet, at, at any rate. You're very welcome, and I hope you've noticed that the show has grown wings in all directions and genres to become a light entertainment outing with a dab of seriousness where it's needed. Of late, we've taught landscapes and conflict photography. We've talked street sports shooting, portraits, yes, weddings, yes, but but also personal project stuff. There's the daily Monday to Friday photo challenge, which we've uh, now decided to announce winners for at the start of the new week, just so we can allow, allow a few more entries in from, from those of our neighbours in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, the Friday bar nuts quiz and Wednesday's books that you should buy when it's safe to spend money on stuff again feature. Which, if you live in the UK and read, stroke digest, stroke believe the Daily Mail, should be sometime in 2025. Don't be a cutie pie. Ah, oh, but having said all that stuff about it being brand agnostic, today's episode, ironically, isn't. Uh, we offered up a kind of flash mob chance yesterday to send Andreas Georgiadis, the marketing manager in the UK, uh, for Fujifilm, whatever questions you have about gear, the brand, the loan scheme, and... And even that wonder drug, Avigan, that Fujifilm's pharma division are testing in the fight against COVID-19. So, it's a mixed bag of questions, although one brand of focus. I think it's a, a daily episode where we learn a little about what camera brands are doing to get through this, because I would imagine in similar fashion, your brand of choice, if, it, if it's not indeed Fujifilm, will be thinking about the stuff you're about to hear today. So, no Kev today, it's Ask Andreas, who, by the way, will come back again to answer questions that... Uh, our American and Australasian partners and our, our European neighbours might want to pose too. And remember, you can pose these in the FujiCast Facebook group that is open for you to join. Oh, and um, also to promote ahead, by the way, tomorrow on the show, we talk to Gary Tyson, a commercial travel portrait events photographer and, and filmmaker based in Manila, and uh, Gary's just come through a year where his business in Hong Kong was reasonably stripped bare of opportunity, a result of um, the social unrest in that country. Then, then a move to the Philippines is heralded by a volcanic eruption, only surpassed by one of the tightest lockdowns at the hands of this virus in the world. But he stays resilient, he stays hopeful, and he has his own plans for coming out the other side, as you'll hear. Today, though, it's Ask Andreas. Andreas, I'm going to start with um, with with a human element. How how's the team holding up? How's the morale with you guys? Um, morale of the team is is quite well, um, all things considered. Um, we are a very very close team. We're um, office based, so 
um, it doesn't go a day or two before we all see each other. So it's now been four weeks since we've all got together. I know that a lot of the people listening to the podcast are one man bands or one woman bands. So yeah, no, morale's good. We sort of like making the most of all the technology available to us in terms of video calls and, and messaging and, and what have you and regularly staying in touch. And uh, yeah, no, we, we, we're managing as best we can. Um, morale of the team is, is great, um, all things considered. I'm not saying we're superhuman and we haven't had our low points. We all have, but we know that the rest of the team isn't too far away to sort of like pick each other up. You must have the best conference calls in terms of pictorial quality. I, I, I tried to plug in my X-T3 the other day. I thought, oh, I know, I'll plug that into Zoom. And then I couldn't find my charger lead. <laughs> so. in, in theory, yes, but we're all limited to uh, broadband. So oh, yeah, um, speed. So yeah, now that everyone yeah. is at home, so like uh, gaming and so like on yeah. video calls and what have you, um, yeah, video, um, video quality varies. We go through that dance every, every single time we do the podcast. I, I have to go and say, could you stop playing Fortnite? Just for half an hour, Dad, do your homework, Dad. Right, yeah. so shall we go for some questions? Go on, then. All right, humorous one to start with, Kevin Mullins. <laughs> Ask him if he's got any jobs going. Um, I think uh, the warehouse is looking for people to <laughs> disinfect shelves yeah. and boxes before they go out, so I'll put him in touch with HR. Would he be qualified enough to, to learn the, the forklift, or would you not trust him anything with anything? We like wouldn't that? trust him with anything valuable, no. um, given his CV. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> He doesn't use I'll, dividers. I wouldn't trust him with any camera boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've seen how he treats his cameras, to be perfectly <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah. All right. Um, Adrian Franklin. Hi, I love the um, GFX 50S, but as an amateur, it's hard to justify the money, especially to my wife, he says in brackets. Yeah. Are there any plans to update this model and hopefully reduce the cost? So GFX 50S has been out for three years and actually the 50R has been out for just over 18 months now. Um, so if you think about where the price point of the 50R is, it's £3,200. Yeah. So it's come down um, massively from its introductory price of, of just over four and a half. So I think that we're doing our best um, and the what we would consider the the prize fight the the, um, the price fighting model is the 50r mm. um, appreciate the ergonomics are slightly different but that's the one that um, hopefully um, he can justify to to his wife otherwise um, you always get um, refurbished and secondhand gfx 50s's um, pop up um, for slightly less but considering where we were three years ago um, that the cheapest medium format camera was probably fifteen thousand yeah. pounds, and now that we're talking about threes and fours, um, I don't think we're we're too far off um, affordability in inverted commas. Um, Steve Vaughan actually has got a couple. Let's let's deal with two uh, with his first. Likely delivery dates for the XT fours, please. So XT four and black and silver body only um, will be available from the twenty eighth of April in the UK. The kit versions. Um, so with the 1855 or the 16 to 80 are likely to be end of May. Um, shipping dates for different colors and what have you vary globally. So you might be able to pick up uh, a kit from Japan slightly earlier, but but I'll, I'll worry about the UK seeing as I assume most of our audience is UK based. Yeah. Um, UK and America, at, actually. It's about 50-50 now. Yeah, we're, we're looking at end of um, April for uh, okay. the body only, so in both colors. Um, and sort of like mid to end of May for both colours of the kits. Notwithstanding shipping issues at the moment then? Um, that, I mean, well, originally that was 
uh, meant to be earlier but uh yeah we, we're at the mercy of couriers and things like that yeah. not international shipping and is, is the factory actually open and making cameras at the moment yeah so factory's that's... been open and making cameras from around middle of march time okay so that's, that's um, it's not closed down then at the moment no no the, so so the challenge was um that it's primarily why um we had some supply issues uh, a month or two ago um so so if you think about where where china is in terms of their progression right. of the virus yeah. they, they're still like a month or two earlier than us so we were having delivery um manufacturing issues sort of like february time mm. um when the virus was hitting them quite badly we weren't sure who was coming to the factory to make cameras after their new year we extended the new year holidays things like that so we've been back up to full capacity i think from around middle of march time Okay, I'm I'm not sure. Obviously, I can't see the figures, but um, I would imagine some people have said, I'll hang on a bit and cancel their orders for the moment. Usually, of course, when a new camera comes out, you can't get it for love nor money for for a little while. I I would imagine with a sort of tempering of orders, that means it's more likely you can get hold of new gear. Um, So if we think about the the cameras that we've announced in the past few months, we've had the X100V in both colors so like silver and black silver you still can't get for love nor money black is slightly easier um xt 200 the dark silver um wasn't available it is now um and the xt4 both colors should be available but i don't know back order situation or initial shipment so i wouldn't be able to comment on availability um from the 28th Right, Steve had another question. Any firmware updates for the X100V for claimed heat issues? He said it hasn't been a problem for him yet, but uh, obviously he's read that somewhere. Uh, it's always difficult to talk about future firmware updates and things like that, but the engineers and the uh, product team are look into every issue very, very seriously. We, we did announce on the 3rd of April a notice of overheating and it and it states about using the camera for continuously for over 600 shots and uh, shooting lots of 4k video and things like that and you will notice slight um, temperature increases primarily because of the way the internal circuitry was moved around yeah. um to accommodate the tilt screen so so it feels slightly hotter right because um, more of the circuitry fits under the the thumb thumb grip so in terms of how much heat the camera generates versus the previous generations, it's actually exactly the same. It's just because of the way things are internally, it doesn't dissipate in the same way compared to the previous generation. So there is probably going to be a firmware update as a warning um, to highlight when things reach their thermal limit, but but not in terms of how things change, I think is the best way to describe it, to, to change how the thermal usage happens i suppose is the is the right expression really, really yeah. bad way to describe no that. no yeah you did it admirably carl spring says i suppose you've got the can i have a free camera covered bit uh done but but uh i'd i'd be interested in whether the xh2 is more than a rumor are there plans to create new 1.4 1.2 primes to and whether the af system on the fuji well, there's a lot of questions here should we deal with the xh2 first yeah. we, we have talked about this before i we, think we talked, talked about this about in london before, didn't we yeah and, and <laughs> xh line is not dead no okay so i suppose that that's that um xt um line is like we've ever just refreshed that we've got the xt4 right when we originally announced the xh1 uh, a couple of years ago 
um, that was meant to be our our sort of like more pro end so like it was bigger it was bulkier it was designed to go with the um f2.8 lenses and things like that so um from that point of view that is still a need in the marketplace we, we sort of like still see the professional sports press photographers with their 1dx's and their yeah. nikon d5s and what have you yeah. d6s in in situation so there is a demand for a bigger camera with more durability and so like all the things that go with it so xh line is is not dead i suppose i suppose people keep talking about the xh because they're thinking now i got the xt and it's 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 got the in-body image stabilization and all that kind of stuff they're now thinking well i guess there isn't really a need for one now but yeah Yeah, but you can do so much and and the thing is not it, the the beauty of our range is not one camera is built for everything, and it and it's partly the frustration of of many consumers. What I like is the fact that the image quality doesn't change. So if you went XT thirty, XT three, XT four, X one hundred V, X Pro three, the the sensor and the uh, processor are exactly yeah. the same. So image quality is going to be nigh on identical. So your deciding factor is what do you want from the camera do you to be um small and lightweight fine you go for an xt30 do you want it to be a fixed lens so it's more slightly more discreet you go for the x100 v do you want it to be all singing all dancing with all the knobs and whistles you go for an xt4 do you want it to be slightly more stylish etc you go for an x pro 3 so image quality isn't the deciding factor but there are other functionality benefits by going up the range. So you look at functions that are missing from an X-T4, um, things like XLR inputs or, um, I don't know, that's probably the only one that, that, that comes to yeah, mind. That's the one I was, that's the only one I uh, can ever think of. Yeah. But, but there are things that you can add to camera functionality um, to, to improve. Um, there is space for an XH line. Carl's other part of the question was to do with the lenses. Uh, yeah. are, are there plans to create new 1.412 primes and whether the AF system on the Fujifilm now is at a point where it's almost too good for the older 1.4 primes so the limiting factor of the focus speed isn't isn't the uh, lens so so we're still okay from that point of view if resolutions of sensors continue to increase and if um, we decide to use those sensors in future models then i can see a need moving forward for newer lenses because i think the current crop of lenses are good for about 32 megapixels but yeah, so if, if there are sensors that go past that, then, then we'll have to look at updating uh, lenses, but who knows? I'm just looking at the questions coming in, by the way. Chris O'Sullivan had asked about the XH series as well. So, Chris, hopefully that answered your question as well. Yeah. Um, a- Adrian uh, Jap, now that, or Yap, would it be Yap? It would be Yap if it's in Holland or somewhere, wouldn't it? Anyway, yeah. now that the, the, the boatload of new models have been released, can we expect any major firmware? So we're going back to firmware, I'm afraid. Yeah, firmware right. updates for the X-T3 soon to uplift the performance within the capabilities of the hardware, obviously, or features. I think, really, he's talking about these lovely new film simulations, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's always difficult to talk exactly what firmware updates might come, but can we expect more firmware updates for the X-T3? Definitely. Um, the camera's only 18 months old, and as we've shown with the X-T4, is there's more scope in terms of what the processor and that sensor can do. So what firmware updates might be, I don't know. Mm. When that might come, I can't say. Well, Diane Seddon kind of follows that one as well. Can, can you ask if multiple exposures in camera, more than two, can be added to the X-T3, please? Is more can of a, can a, it be added? A wish list, yes. Well, yes, it, of course it can be added. Yeah. Will it be added is a different question. Yeah. 
So, but she um, thought it was in the works at one point. I'm not sure where she's read that or heard that. Um, I think I think it's um, our own. We make our road for, a road for our own back in terms of uh, when a newcomer comes out, yeah. uh, like the X Pro Three, and with that functionality, then it's uh, able to do it. Then um, we sort of have that uh, available yeah. uh, in terms of technology. So that's why people think that it's definitely going to be in the works because um, it can be done. Um, so my, if I was a betting man, I would say, yes, it would happen. Um, but as I said, I don't know when um, yeah. it might. You, you heard it here first. Adam Beale, I'd love it if you could ask him if he knows anything about the future of the GFX range. We've, we touched on the GFX, I know, but let, yeah. let's uh, storm through his question. Uh, this system that I have not yet purchased yet is probably keeping me from switching to a full-frame mirrorless. In the future, I'd like the GFX for commercial and portraits and the X-series for my weddings and documentary. What is in the GFX 100 that makes the AF so usable and fast over the 50 is this something we can see in a 50 in 2021 or beyond so the gfx 100 uh, sensor has got phase detection pixels mm. built in it's actually the same starts life as the same sensor as what's in the xt3 and the xt4 etc etc so it's that same backside illuminated yeah. structure just um with a bayer filter color Bayer color filter array, not not an X trans. Um, so you've got phase detection pixels, and that's ultimately the the deciding factor of, of speed of autofocus. Um, that that's making it much quicker than the 50s. Currently, um, in terms of fabricators of sensors and things like that, there isn't a 50, 60, or 70 megapixel sensor that I'm aware of with phase detection pixels. So even if we brought out firmware updates for uh, the GFX 50s and the 50R. Um, to update the AF speed, you'd never get to 100s territory. So at the moment, he's got to be looking at the 100, really, isn't he? At, at the moment, yeah. if he needs quicker AF speed, he needs to be looking at the 100. Um, but if he's talking about not needing that, then then the 50 would be perfectly viable. Um, Sarah Child just DM'd me, actually. Uh, what kind of support is there for repairs at the moment? And as we start to emerge, how quickly can that all come back on board? Are you are you able to do repairs? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the Bedford office is still open yeah. as such. Um, the, the camera service guys are factoring in social distancing and what have you. So <laughs> where we would normally have about seven technicians over the space of probably about three metres, we've probably got about two or right. three. Yeah. Um, working so yeah, yeah. um what we've actually seen is is demand for repairs reduce as less and less people are, are obviously using their cameras mm. um, out and about but if somebody right now wanted to get their camera service excluding the fact that it is um, easter weekend yeah. um they can go online register get um, the repair envelope sent to them get it repaired so it might take slightly longer a day or two longer but repairs are still happening and the service center is still open i've got a couple of questions myself on this one well t- tell me more about the professional scheme we've not talked we've really not talked about this much on the uh, on the podcast what what it means what you have to have what 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 that enables now i, I realize it's going to be different country by country so we're taking a uk one here yeah, so so if we look at the, the UK as an example, we took a step back and we said, right, what is the Fujifilm professional service about? And we wanted to give professional photographers a safety net and reassurances that should anything go wrong with their kit, that we will expedite their repairs. If we can't repair it within a certain amount of days, we would send them a loan, we'd give them uh, cheaper repairs, we'd sort of like do sensor cleans and health service, so like a couple of times a year. 
Um, and that that's the benefits of being a food film professional service um, member. And then also when um, with the house of photography, we've got a long acre lounge, which is a space for all FPS members to use um, as they want, basically just, just to hang out or so like a, a space in London for them to just, just take the load off their feet, meet people, etc. Et can you, can you hold meetings there with clients as well? Ultimately? Yeah. You can, yeah. you can hold meetings if you don't, it, it's not a private facility. Um, because obviously there are people, there are other people there. There are people walking past. But yeah, if you want to meet someone there, yeah. that, that's not a problem. Okay. So, so that's that's ultimately the the benefits of the FPS service. Um, we then looked at the other schemes around, and and a, a very clear, easy qualifying mechanic is to say, well, if you're a professional, chances are you're going to have minimum of two bodies and three lenses for X series. And likelihood is for GFX, you're going to have a minimum of one camera, one lens. So we've changed the qualifying criteria based on the year of manufacture of the camera. Something like an X-Pro1. If you had two X-Pro1s and three lenses, you wouldn't automatically qualify because that's a slightly older camera. Mm -hmm. And we would assume that most professionals update their kit because they're assets and they're working and et cetera, et cetera. However... If somebody comes to us and can prove they are a full-time working professional photographer using X-Pro1s and, and the lenses that they have, we will override the automated system and make them an FPS member. So in essence, the, the trump card for anything is, can you prove you're a working professional photographer? By that, we mean, do you have a website? Do you have either company-headed pater, VAT registered, blah, 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 any, any of the qualifying criteria? And that will override any kit you are in inverted commas missing mm -hmm. for uh, the automatic qualification and, and just remind me again what what is the time period where you're hoping to get kit back so um with uh, as as an fps member it's normally 48 hours 48 or 72 hours, hours yeah. um okay. depending upon the kind of fault it, a lot of the time it's more to do with parts availability than the the ability so like of, of the team not having the time to do it um, tell me about because th this is new. This Fujifilm Connect idea to loan cameras. I, I would I would assume for free. I, I would assume yeah. this is happening because of this period. It's a perfect opportunity in marketing terms, isn't it, to get get this kit in people's hands to be trying it out. It's actually an idea that we've um, had with our um, friends at Hire a Camera since December, and it's just been a matter of of sorting it out. And uh, the timing looks like we've done it because everyone's at home, but actually it was it was it's something that okay. was always in, on the cards. So all it is is as a registered Connect member, um, you have the ability to borrow something for 48 hours free of charge. Now, we're not going to be sending out thousands of pounds worth of GFX cameras uh, without asking for some sort of deposit. No. So, so you will need to put a 25% or a 50% deposit depending upon how long you've been a Connect member and how much, how much product you've registered. And it's just a way of us gauging people's affinity to the brand because we want what we want to stop is the idea of someone going right okay i've seen this offer is on is on um let me register on connect um i, I don't own a fiji kit but i just need something for the weekend sort of thing and fine you can do that you'll just have to pay a 50 percent deposit for the for the kit yeah um but yeah we can we loan it 48 hours free of charge if you want to borrow it longer you can pay to to have it longer as as an idea it's something that we've had um since december time it's just taken a while given all the other product launches to arrange the the system right do you want to i'll give you a choice in this one do you want an off the wall one an evergreen 
or a wish list question? I'll, I'll take all three, but I don't mind which order you do them. In. All right, we'll go. We'll go Evergreen first. Denver Albury. I can almost see your eyes raising as I ask this question. My, my eyes, if they rolled <laughs> further back, they'd, they'd sort of like be in my neck. Sort of thing. <laughs> I know it's a remote, says Denver. Stand by. If not non-existent possibility, but is there any passion stroke desire within the Fuji design team for a new 35mm film camera, no matter how basic? Oh, is he talking so, about film camera? Oh, so he's talking film camera. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, um, because of the structure of Fujifilm, is the camera division isn't... So the digital camera division isn't just the camera division. Yes. So I haven't got a clue what the film division are doing. So maybe, maybe not. Tim Benner um, asked us about the COVID cure thing. And this is the off-the-wall one. Um, Fuji, yeah, so, Fuji so, as a company have Avagan. I know there's various different um, names for this drug. The share price went phew, it went up, didn't it? And people got very excited about a different uh, division of the company having a possible cure. Yeah, so, so forgive me if the, the details, my, my, my details aren't great, but I believe Avagan is a product that we developed back in 2014 and was sanctioned by the Japanese government as a um, remedy to help flu. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. so, so that, that, that's the, the basis of it. And then now they're investigating whether or not they are, it's suitable um, to help cure um, COVID-19. Um, and Japan are in phase three of the trials. Um, and I believe other countries have started their clinical trials right. as well. So um, the short answer is, is it's a completely different yeah. uh, division yeah. and what have you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting from my point of view to realize how diverse Fujifilm is as a company yeah, that, that we're not just making um, imaging products. Yeah. Um, it's like the other call uh, that we had um with, with the wider Fujifilm team was learning that the medical team are busier than they've ever been because a, a part of the diagnosis kit that, that hospitals need is, is portable x-rays machines. Right. And it's something that our medical team actually do pretty much uh, the, the best um, version of, of that and the most portable in the industry. So um, they're, they're really, really um, doing their best. They're flat out trying to get as many of these portable X-mode machines to the NHS as quickly as possible. Mm. So um, while one division is helping with, with potential sort of like medicines and what have you, another division is helping with the diagnosis and helping the NHS on that front. It's incredible, the company, the size and the things that Fujifilm do. I, I've only really learned over the last month through, through reading about things like this. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, David Yeoman's wish list question then. What are the chances, Andreas, of a monochrome X100 camera, please, for the 10th anniversary model? Uh, chances for the 10th anniversary, zero. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I started working at Fujifilm this time around probably about five years ago, I think, four years ago. Yeah. And I've been to Japan four or five times in, in that period. And every single time I go, I corner the uh, head of the product division and I say to him, monochrome sensor <laughs> um and they've stopped asking me to go to japan so <laughs> it can't be just that <laughs> no 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 I, I am a bit of a pest when it comes to that um do you really yeah. ask them every single time yeah 100 yeah, percent. i know every time i, I, see Ke the I know kev's keen on one isn't he they have a kev, way kev, yeah. kev always says they have a way in what do they say they don't, they never say no in japan no, do they in in the i think it's a part of japanese culture is they don't like saying no yeah. so um they 
they have th- a couple of levels. So we will study um, <laughs> is a product planner's way of saying not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We will study positively yeah. is I like your idea. We'll look at it, but probably not going to happen. Right. And then, no, and then yes is, yeah, we'll do that because we were already thinking of doing it. I like their style. William Baslinton, maybe a yawn stroke answered before question, uh, but any chance of an updated 18mm? Uh, of mm. course there's chances, but as as and when, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you, you, these, these sort of like lens update wish lists are, um, you, you can ask 100 people, yeah. uh, and, the, and each person will come up with a different lens as, as their priority. Yeah. For me personally, I want to see an update to the 23mm f1.4 and the 56mm f1.2. Why? Just, 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 just to bring them up? Weather, weather resistance and oh, fast okay. focusing. Yeah. And, and I think from my point of view, because then you'll ask me, well, have I ever, I don't shoot professionally, mm. have I ever used either of those lenses in the rain? And I'm like, no. Mm. Would I? Probably not. So why do I need weather resistance is, is going to be your next question. But I think it's almost like that warm and fuzzy feeling that, that you get knowing that one lens has got everything. Yeah. Um, so it's more psychological than anything else. And, and I'm a bit of a douche when it comes to tech specs and yeah. what have you. So um, that, that they're the lenses that I tend to use the most. Um, so they're the ones that I would want updated. Um, but you'll ask somebody else. And you'll that, ask, yeah. Ter- you'll yeah, ask yeah. Terry in the office um, who shoots beautiful landscapes and sort of like uh, long exposures and spiral staircases. Mm. And he'll say he wants a, a new 10 to 24. Mm. Yeah, that, um, do you know, that was about, about to be on my way. If I had a question, I'd say 10 to 24, please. Yeah, it's like the, the challenge that the lens designers have is that um, where do you start and... From a commercial point of view, if you start updating lenses, yeah. will you kill the sales of the existing lenses because everyone else will expect those lenses to be updated next? Mm. And so you think to yourself, roadmap, from a roadmap point of view, if I said, if Fujifilm announced tomorrow, no, Tuesday, a new roadmap that said, we're going to update the 35mm f1.4, is does that mean that all sales of 35mm 1.4 currently dry up? So you need to balance out this need for future information that we've uh, and we've made sort of like that. We've made that bed, so we need to lie on it in yeah. terms of giving people that heads up information. Um, so if we if we do that and we update the roadmap, we need to know commercially is it commercial suicide for the lenses that that are going to be the Mark One versions. Um, I've got a couple of questions myself, actually. Um, thank, thanks very much for answering these questions. I've got a couple. Then Scott Johnson, typical of one of your uh, one of your ex photographers, to send yeah. in and a completely off the wall question. But when lockdown for myself, when lockdown is over and yeah. when the, when the shops open up again. How soon yeah. until the House of Photography opens its doors? Um, I, I think um, Theo will will be there on on day one, making sure that it's open. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it will be open as soon as we're allowed for it to be open. Um, we we opened it on the third of December. It, it's uh, been our second home, um, and it's given us a bit more of an identity and a base in London for. Uh, photographers we, we've held loads of events there obviously we had the first birthday party for the Fujicast yeah, there that was brilliant product launches there and it and it it's been really frustrating for for us because yeah. we were just in the process of, of getting uh, an identity for for the place um and and we were running loads of events and workshops and, and things like that so it'll be open as soon as it's allowed to be open 
It's got a real vibe. Actually, we did have a couple of questions right near the start. They'll be hidden somewhere in the um, in the comments in the FujiCast um, yeah. Facebook group where people were saying, oh, I bet you the, the House of Photography won't reopen again. This will be the death of the House of Photography. And I know I know that's human no, nature sometimes no to think that way, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the way. No, no, no. No, no chance. No. Um, what kind of feedback and word have you had from, from HQ, those in Japan? Obviously, the, the, the most important thing is... Uh, everyone's staying safe so every email that i get from the team it's hope you and your family are safe and well um and that that's the, always a priority with anything that that both japan do and sort of like uh, the the hq in terms of uh, uk and, and europe so that that's always a priority in terms of the, the staff and the feeling um in terms of feedback obviously um we then take a step back and go right okay how are we looking commercially um and we're, we're quite lucky in terms of having really exciting new models that that people want but but it's a it's a vicious circle in terms of all the pros the, the weddings are getting cancelled and what have you so they're thinking right i'm not going to invest in new kit and, and things like that so we, we realize that um there is of course a commercial impact with, with anything like this but the most important thing is that all our staff and um, our teams are, are stay well and stay yeah. healthy well I've, I've got one more question for myself then um and and then i'll ask scott's <laughs> Will you come back on again? Is my is my question because I'm acutely aware at the moment that um, the American audience, who are um, five, six, sometimes more hours behind, and then actually on the other side of the world, uh, won't necessarily have seen the call out go go today for for the Ask Andreas feature. So, will you come back on when we can collect a uh, whole load of questions will, from around the world? I will happily Good. come on the show as much or as little as you want me to. Yeah, no, uh, that's Dale. fantastic. And, and I was going to say say obviously you can't answer questions about american offices or what goes on in asian or, or australian headquarters but you might be able to give a little guide here and there yeah i mean i'll, I'll do my best in terms of speaking on, on a wider concept i mean i know the teams in in australia and uh us um yeah. quite well but i don't want to speak on their behalf so yeah. so they they run their marketing the best way um, for their audience um, which is obviously as you know slightly different right it's easter weekend scott johnson gets the last question in Ask him the best way to prepare lamb for a barbecue. <laughs> so, um, there, there is no right way. Um, <laughs> but my preferred way, and actually it's ironic you start that because yeah. uh, I've just prepared lamb myself. So, oh, okay. I'll go red wine. Yeah. Red wine to marinade. Oh, this right. is how oh, I do it. Okay. So, so, it's in the fridge now marinating. Right, right. Um, pepper, salt, and oregano. And uh, so, so the way that I prepare it is it's cut up into chunks, which are two and a half centimetres by two and a half centimetres or one inch by one inch, depending on if you're metric or imperial. Um, and it's just sitting in the, the fridge now ready to go on the barbecue. And the barbecue has to be a charcoal barbecue. Has to Otherwise, be. it's just an outside oven. What would you serve with it? Right now, uh, we're planning to be very stereotypical and cook some halloumi on the barbecue as well um and then just pita bread some dips some salad um keep it simple well i know we can't but we'll all be virtually round at your place sampling that i i will take a photo and make sure i post it on the fuji fast <laughs> please, please do and make 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 us all envious thank cool. thanks thanks andres it's been a pleasure to talk to you and, and i hope the family um, stay well and uh, and we look forward to all meeting again at the house yeah. of photography and much much easier to to move around times 
Definitely. Take care, guys. So that's it for today's edition. Tomorrow, Kevin's back on the show for a couple of thoughts. Then we have an interview with the multifaceted and multi-talented Gary Tyson, Hong Kong ambassador for Fujifilm, uh, a Nikon shooter for many years as a combat photographer in the army, and somebody who's, who's not known for diluting his thoughts or words. And he, he has a few feelings to share tomorrow on how we come out the other side as photographers. I'm actually doing a big project at the moment for Lidl from Hong Kong, Singapore and Germany, where I'm editing the video here at home, which works perfect. Um, so, yeah, we all need to really think very long and hard about how we come out of this. People who are one trick ponies who are just, a, you know, just one thing they do, like weddings, for example. They might struggle, I guess, in the immediate future, at least. That and much, much more from Gary tomorrow. Keep your questions and your thoughts and what you're doing coming into the show uh, to the email address, click at fujicast.co.uk. Um, those mails really do support us to, to keep interesting uh, content. And a massive thank you to those who've donated in the website's tip jar, which has been really welcome for the hosting fees and, and what not to keep the wheels greased. Stay safe. Back tomorrow. The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.